the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Past 10 o'clock on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks for being with us on this Thursday, the 8th morning of the 8th month. Oh, my goodness. Heil Hitler, right? Of the year of our Lord, 2019. I did that at the top of the show, and if you missed the top of the show, I wanted to do it for you at the top of the second hour as well. Yes, this is where we've we've gone. This is, this is uh, what we have devolved into, and it really is de-evolution. Uh, that is the uh, stance of an NBC News contributor who went on live television on Tuesday and told millions of people that President Trump is raising the flags back to full staff today on 8-8 because H is the eighth letter of the alphabet and two H's in a row stand for Heil Hitler, August 8th, 8-8, Heil Hitler, proof of his Nazism and white supremacy. That happened, believe it or not. And we'll talk more about that as we continue. But now I do want to shift gears and bring our uh, wonderful guest onto the airwaves. He is Dr. Everett Piper. He is a best-selling author. He is a columnist for the Washington Times, and he is the past president now of Oklahoma Wesleyan University. Joining us now on AM 1420, The Answer. Dr. Piper, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing great, Bob. Thanks for having me on. Good to talk to you, Dr. Piper. A lot of stuff to get into. You're very active on Twitter and uh, and uh, in promoting various topics of thoughtful conversation. I want to dive right into those. And I'll start with one that I have neglected to talk about. I was going to on Monday, except for the fact that we had our you know, wall-to-wall coverage, of course, of the uh, tragic shootings in Texas and here in Ohio. Uh, so I didn't get a chance to talk about it, and I'm glad we can now. Mario Lopez, uh, everybody knows, is uh, uh, an entertainment reporter, former actor on Saved by the Bell. Uh, you think he won Dancing with the Stars. Very well-known and very well-liked Hollywood celebrity. He wasn't very well-liked after he did the Candace Owens show for Prager University, and he made a statement. I'm going to read this before you respond to it, Doctor, so people know what we're talking about. They were talking about children, and they were talking about children's understanding of their own identities. And this is what uh, Mario Lopez said. My God, 
if you're three years old and you're saying you're feeling a certain way or you think you're a boy or a girl or whatever the case might be, I just think it's dangerous as a parent to make that determination then. Okay, well, then you're going to be a boy or a girl or whatever the case may be. It's sort of alarming. And my gosh, I just think about the repercussions later on. End quote. That was the meat of what he said. There was some more as well, but that was the most important part of it. That naturally triggered the outrage mob. How dare you? And after a couple of days of being slammed online for saying common sensible things about children, like three-year-olds, he apologized. Still not enough. They still want his head on a pike. They don't want him working ever again in a place where the public can see him, Dr. Piper, all because he said something that should be as common sensible as anything that we can say about a three-year-old. Who in their right mind would disagree with him? 99.99% of all thinking human beings would agree with what Lopez said. No three-year-old. I don't care what three-year-old. Yours, mine, anybody else's listening, a three-year-old of the left, a three-year-old of the right. No three-year-old understands how to identify as a different gender. My lands, Bob. If you let a three-year-old decide what he's going to wear in the morning, he'll come out of the bedroom with a diaper on his head. You don't let him make any decisions. If you let a three-year-old decide what he wants for lunch, he'll choose gummy bears. If you take a three-year-old to Baskin-Robbins, his mind will explode because he can't make a decision which flavor of ice cream to choose. When my kids were three years old, they thought they were Batman. They thought they were Tarzan. There were days where they wanted to pretend that they were Barney. Was I going to affirm them and let them make those decisions on subjective identity claims? If I had done so, I should have been arrested. It would have been child abuse. It is asinine for any parent or any politician or any professor or any pundit out there to claim that a three-year-old should be making any decisions, let alone decisions that are antithetical and contrary to their physiology, their biology, their chemistry, their genetics, and the reality, the empirical science of who they are. Spoken with passion and uh, well-deserved as well. Um, Do you think that the problem is that too many people are literally uh, of the mindset that Twitter is reality? Because Mario Lopez probably could have and would have said everything you just said. What are you people complaining about? What I just said is right. For all of the reasons you just outlined, instead... He issued an apology for his insensitivity and his insulting uh, comments. Um, and I think it's because if Twitter didn't exist, Dr. Piper, I think he would be standing proudly for what he said. But because the millions of Twitter users come out as an outrage mob and attack him the way that they did, I, I think too many of us feel like, well, that's the voice of the public, the nation at large. The online voice of Twitter is the voice of the people, and I better, I better bow accordingly. Well, I'm stealing this quote, and I can't remember whose it is, but there was one uh, woman out there in Hollywood who said, and thank, thank you, bless her heart, she had the courage to stand behind Lopez and defend him. And she said this, I've been told, never bow the knee to the rage mob. Never. Never bow the knee to the rage mob. And the reason for that is it won't do any good. The historical story of uh, Cranmer, um, Bloody Mary... Uh, was going to burn him at the stake. So he recanted. Well, she burned him at the stake anyway. 
<laughs> okay, so you're, you can recant all you want, but the progressives will still have, as you just said in the lead-up to this, your head on a pike. So recanting is not going to do any good. It's time for conservatives, those that have common sense, those that have a brain, those that want to defend the innocence of children, those that want to stand for the dignity and the identity of women, those that believe in conserving the time-tested truths that give us liberty and give us freedom. It is time for us to wave the banner and wave it without apology. And if the rage mob wants us burned, so be it. Be willing to be burned. Ultimately, Cranmer actually was. He actually flipped it on Bloody Mary, and he recanted his recantation as he was burned at the stake. That is obviously a graphic and real example, but there comes a time when you stand for truth regardless of the consequences, because to do otherwise will result in the death of you, the death of, death of culture, the death of your children, and the loss of human freedom. We need to run into the face of the storm. We should never run away from it. Yeah, one more example, by the way, Dr. Piper. You gave a ton of them about Barney and, and Batman and so on and so forth. Matt Walsh, who is a conservative uh, blogger and contributor on uh, 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 a conservative site, uh, told, told a great story. He said literally a week ago, he said he and his wife took their children camping and they were going to go swimming in the lake at the uh, local campsite. And he said his son, who is three... Uh, did not want him to put that life vest on him or those water wings. And he said, why? And his son said, because, Daddy, I'm a fish. I can breathe water. And he said, uh, I was not going to allow my son to go into the water without his life vest or his water wings because, A, I know my three-year-old son doesn't know that he is not a fish, and I am not a crazy person. And that's exactly what Mario Lopez is saying and what you said. You cannot allow your children with their wild imaginations to dictate what they are or they could die. <laughs> they could drown in this case or any other t- number of terrible things could happen. So uh, a lot of great examples there. Exactly. And I'll say this. Uh, I actually borrowed a couple of my analogies from Matt Walsh's article, the diaper oh, on the head, the gummy perfect. bears, et cetera. That was Matt Walsh, <laughs> Walsh too. All right. That's, but here's the point. Yeah. Walsh is spot on. Any civilized people's first obligation is to guard and protect the innocence of its children. And this argument that you let three-year-olds decide major issues of life or any minor issues such as what to wear or rather to go into the lake or rather to eat gummy bears rather than healthy food. You don't do that. You guard the innocence of children. You don't make your children experiments in this ugly laboratory of adult sexual politics. It's inhumane. It is child abuse. It is the opposite of guarding their innocence. It's sacrificing these kids on this ugly altar of sexual nihilism it's shameful dr everett piper is my guest he is a columnist with the washington times among other hats that he wears and let's talk about your most most recent column you reference mario lopez's story in this as you discuss the story of dr alan josephson and more of the insanity of these uh, of these people who are trying to project their uh, these um uh, identities, if you will, on children or allow the children to, uh, to engage in these fantasies. And you also reference C.S. Lewis's The Ab- uh, Abolition of Man in your headline, The Abolition of Women. Can you explain? Well, my argument in my column is using this Lopez story as well as other stories where people are being silenced for speaking common sense in defense of biological reality. Mm-hmm. My argument is this. C.S. Lewis warned us of a time where there, we would abolish men, where we would have men without chests, 
without courage, without character, without chivalry, and we would suffer the consequences of removing the organ and yet demanding the function. And he said, gelding the stallion and yet bid him be fruitful. Well, I'm arguing today it's not that we are seeking the abolition of man. We've already accomplished that. We're actually celebrating the abolition of women because we actually are listening to these uh, politicians and these pedagogues and these professors, these elites, these smarter-than-thous who are telling us that women aren't even real. Women aren't biological facts, and we're willing to sacrifice a woman's dignity, a woman's privacy, a woman's identity on this altar of progressive, subjective arguments for what it means to be a woman, to the extent that we will abolish the reality, the empirical fact of the female, and replace it for it with a fabrication and a fantasy of a dysphoric male who wants to dress up and play make-believe. This is wrong, and we can win this argument by defending the liberty, the dignity, and the identity of women. Dr. Piper, you, um, you have a bunch of anecdotal stories in this column. Uh, that some people may not believe. I have not discussed the story about the Canadian um, <laughs> a woman who is being sued. I think she's being sued uh, be, for discrimination because she refuses to provide a grooming service. I'll, I'll, I'll word it that way, and I'll let you tell the rest of it because I don't like to say it out loud. <laughs> okay. All right, this is a true story. I'm not making it up. You've got a trans woman, which is a biological male, who has had no surgeries to remove all the various different masculine accoutrements that, that men have, okay? He goes into a woman's uh, massage parlor and uh, sauna, and he wants a Brazilian wax, okay? The woman that owns this parlor doesn't want to give this man, who's pretending to be a woman, a Brazilian wax, because in doing so, she would be forced to touch male genitalia. She's being sued now in the Canadian courts for discrimination against this trans woman. This is Orwellian. You can't make this lunacy up. So in a world where men are being criticized by Me Too for forcing, as they should be, they should be criticized for this and fired for this, for forcing their genitalia upon women who don't want that, now a woman is being forced to touch the genitalia of a man because he wants to pretend to be a woman. How in the world is this pro-woman? How in the world can you claim to be a feminist and, and, and support the debauchery of the feminine and actually force a woman into doing this type of uh, treatment to men that are pretending and are still biological men? It I, is I, crazy. I have uh, been shaking my head about that story since I first heard about it, uh, but uh, I read about it in your article again as well. So uh, I'm glad you told the story. I like that male accoutrements rather than the uh, the uh, the words that you used in the actual column. Which it's I mean it's it's a it's a clinic. I mean it's it's a it's an anatomical term. There's nothing wrong with it. Obviously, there, there's no profan- profanity there, but it's just uh, difficult to talk about on a family radio show. Doctor Piper, hang well, with I didn't me. want I got- you to have to. I didn't want you to have to bleep me, so go ahead. <laughs> of course. Dr. Everett Piper, back with us right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. It's the Bob France Authority, here on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 1025, I've got five good minutes left with uh, Dr. Everett Piper, best-selling author, columnist with the Washington Times, 
and uh, former president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University. Dr. Piper, there was uh, an event <laughs> that I know you uh, uh, paid attention to, and so did I. I watched a tremendous segment on this on Tucker Carlson a couple of nights ago. The Democratic Socialist National Convention was held recently. Um, you have to see it to believe it, but I'm going to let you try to describe it and take your meaning away from it. Go ahead. I need to be quick. I know. Okay. So they had the uh, Democratic Socialist Convention. And I'm not kidding. Uh, the organizers of the event uh, required that everybody call each other comrades. There was a mandate from the podium that they not clap, that they just put their hands in the air and silently uh, move their hands back and forth. Wiggle their fingers. Clapping, yeah. Yes, because clapping could trigger people that are too sensitive to noise. Not kidding. Not kidding. One man actually got up in the audience and complained that people were talking too loudly. The buzz was distracting him. The chatter was triggering him because he's attention deficit disorder. And there are other people in the audience who suffer the same identity as I do as deficit disorder. And we need to stop the chatter. We need to stop the buzz. It's triggering me. I can't pay attention. Please stop. I'm not kidding. Another and, man, and, and, and Doctor Piper, and Doctor Piper, what was the response of the uh, the rest of the uh, attendees there when he said that? Oh, oh finger wiggling, full on finger wiggling. Everybody agreed. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But yet, uh, but yet, apparently there was too much noise. A few minutes later, because the same man got up again and said, "Please, I beg you, please stop the tra- chatter. Please stop the ambient noise. It's triggering me. It's distracting me. You need to stop." <laughs> just crazy this is the can you imagine if we had to ever fight a war with these people as well, on our side not against them but on i was going to say we oh. might have to <laughs> be careful because we might end up doing just that but against them not with them and and well, you know the noise trigger is one thing but there was also a point in the video that I saw where they talked about the breakout sessions that they were going to have in different rooms at the facility wherever oh. they were <laughs> And and one of them was a no sense zone. Um, don't come in there with any uh, overpowering scents, meaning perfumes, I guess, either perfumes, colognes, or body odor, as far as I know. But the people in that room are really, really triggered by smells they don't like. So you have to make sure that's a scent-free zone. These people are insane. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> and thus their objection to uh, to cattle ranching. Uh, <laughs> I. I or, or apparently they don't use the rest. I hate to get graphic, but they don't use the restroom either because sometimes the smells and scents in a restroom could be very triggering to them. So where yes. do they go out on the sidewalk like the people in San Francisco and just use the sidewalk for their toilet? I don't know. what You beat me to the do. punch. They're I was going to say outdoors. <laughs> outdoors is where they go, especially in L.A. and in San Francisco. Oh, it's, it's, and, and this is not a joke. One person on my Twitter feed actually said, I really, really seriously thought this was a Saturday Night, li- uh, Saturday night Live a skit. It is so crazy. But no, it's real. These are the people. These are the people that the Democratic candidates for the presidency of the United States represent. This is frightening. And Dr. Piper, your point, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm dealing with a cough and I don't mean to uh, go away there, but um, your point, in which, which you commented on this on Twitter, which I liked, uh, is is that this these these are the products 
of our college campus experiences today, um, at the vast majority of them, maybe not at Oklahoma Wesleyan, maybe not at Hillsdale where my daughter is going, but this is the, this is what happens, as you point out, what, what happens on campus doesn't stay on campus. They learn these things there and they take this with them out into the quote unquote real world, which you and I would probably describe as their fantasy world. I actually take a quote out of my book, Not a Daycare, and I actually cite it in summary of this crazy story. And I say, ideas have consequences. What you teach in the classroom will be practiced in our culture. What takes place on the college campus does not stay in the campus. These people will become CEOs. These people will become congressmen, congresswomen. These people will become lawyers. These people will become judges. These ideas will prevail in our culture because of the terrible teaching that takes place in the classroom. Ideas will come home to roost, and this is an example. Absolutely right, uh, and that's why your book is a bestseller. And uh, what? Uh, give me uh, before you go, uh, real quick. What's the status update on your next book? I was supposed to have the uh, manuscript into the publisher by the end of the month. Outstanding. And then it'll be released probably at the beginning of the year. I'm very much looking forward to that, as well as our next visit. Next- Ten thirty-six now on the Bob France Authority. Twenty-four minutes of outstanding awesome left for you today. Then we're going to give you Mike Gallagher's brand of awesome, followed by Prager's, and then Doctor G's, and then Jay Seculo live and Larry Elder stay right here all day, all night on AM fourteen twenty. The answer for the best in conservative news, talk, and analysis, free of buffoonery that you find in other places. Actually, I can't say that. Because I'm about to give you some buffoonery. After I take this phone call from Michael in Cleveland, who's been waiting patiently for three quarters of an hour, um, I'm going to give you some buffoonery from that Democratic Socialists of America conference that um, uh, Dr. Piper was talking about. But Michael in Cleveland, you've been waiting patiently. I do appreciate that, sir. Go right ahead. France. Yes, sir. I can't believe I'm on the phone with you. I'm Why like is that? starstruck. Now, why would, why would you be starstruck? There are no stars in this conversation. It's just a couple of guys. What's on your mind? It's because you're incredible, man. No. Um, <laughs> I'm waiting for no, the other I, shoe to drop here. <laughs> right, yeah, no, it's about to. Um, <laughs> no, I, you know, you talk about this like, um, well, you and other conservative radio hosts. I listen to this station all day, so I, I, I'm a glutton for punishment. But, um <laughs> No, you talk, you mock this like uh, oh this eighty eight thing. You know, it just to me it shows a tone deafness on part of this administration. And I'm not like a super leftist. I laugh at those people too. You still there? Yes, I am. Go ahead. Okay. No, there was a weird sound. I I laugh at those people too, but also like yeah, I mean that. I mean, 1488 is a thing. It's been a thing just because, you know, maybe boomers don't recognize what's going on right now doesn't mean that this stuff doesn't exist. I mean, this you, stuff you're, you're misunderstanding right the now. point, though. You're misunderstanding the point, though, Michael. OK, the, the point here isn't whether or not that's a thing The the point here is whether or not 
an NBC News contributor should go on television and declare that President Donald Trump is paying homage to that thing. The idea that he chose 8-8 to put the flags back up after something that happened on 8-3 and 8-4 is, 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 it's beyond asinine. It's beyond laughable. It's beyond, it's beyond, uh, uh, parody. I mean, it's bordering on a pack. I could see that, 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 um, uh, statement that he made on NBC News if it had been on NBC Saturday night on SNL, but not on, on a news program. Um, I could expect that if it was a parody and maybe even respect that if it was a parody, but this guy was serious. Do you Am honestly think, Michael? Yeah. Are you still here? Do you honestly think, Michael, that, that the president of the United States who is being accused of white supremacy, who is being accused of being soft on neo-Nazis, who is being accused of being a neo-Nazi, would be stupid enough to to do this, actually knowing about it and believing in it. Do you honestly think he would be that naive and that ridiculously stupid? I don't think that he meant anything by it, but I feel like it's really dumb that nobody in his entire plethora of people thought to say oh maybe we shouldn't do this it's tone deaf it's tone deaf it's not tone deaf it's 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 reasonable michael michael it's reasonable because you know the only people who would who would think something like this would be the nuts i mean the real super extremist nuts that's what i'm trying to say so it's out there it's tone deaf You, you shouldn't touch it you I promise it. you it's that 99% of Americans have never heard of 8-8 being Heil Hitler. I, I'm, I'm just, that, that's my belief. is a thing. Right, well, maybe it's a thing for you. Uh, it's not a thing for me, and I guarantee you it's not a thing for 99% of Americans. No, I, I'm telling you, if I did an honest survey of 99, well, I can't do of the whole country, but a, but a, but a good size uh, cross section of America and said, "What do you think of when you think of August eighth? I promise you, not more than one percent of them would say, "I think of Heil Hitler," because nobody's heard of it. I'm telling you, ninety nine percent to one. I'm dialed into these kinds of things. I'm dialed into the culture. I'm dialed into this uh, to the the subculture, if you will. I study this stuff. I've been doing news talk radio. I've been doing talk radio for 22 years, news talk radio for about 18 of them. I do research. And I'm telling you, never once did it occur to me what this, this news, NBC news guy said that President Trump is raising the flags on August 8th. The numeric representation of August 8th is 8-8. And you know there are a few sick twists in America who use the 8-8 and put it to the alphabet in which the 8th letter is H and put those together to form H-H and then use that to say, what? Hugh Hewitt? (laughs) No, it means Heil Hitler. And the idea that President Trump and his team is responsible for this and they presented this as a news story, not a sketch on Saturday Night Live, on a news story on NBC. It tells you all you need to know about these sick twists. I mean, in the media, forget about the sick twists that actually think that way, but the ones in the media that actually would accuse the president of such a thing. I can't, I can't get past that. Um, let's go to BJ, who's in North Olmstead on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, BJ, go ahead. 
Thank you, Bob. I'd like to equate something. I know it sounds peculiar, but in Toy Story, uh, Woody and uh, his little uh, other pal, uh, Buzz Lightyear, space and all that. Yeah, Buzz. The one. Yeah. They they were in a home of a little boy that appreciated his toys and took care of them and had, had, had the name on his boot that it was Andy that loved him. But somehow Buzz Lightyear and Woody got stuck next door, and they were shocked to see the perversion that this other little boy did with all his toys, taking beautiful toys and turning into obnoxious behavior and grotesque little critters. Well, that's what the party of death has done to a lot of minds uh, on their side of the fence, and Donald Trump has tried to waken up the people, no matter what their race or color is, to the decency of life. And I equate that story very much the reality of what's taking place in our country. It is sad to see how some people have been perverted in their thinking, some to extreme and some to lesser degrees, like the gentleman you just spoke to about the Hitler and all this other stuff that's going on. But you know what? Right now, sometimes in, in a society, it's necessary to get the laundry out, and I think we're doing it. And by the way, I'm very impressed for whatever it's worth with what you're saying and what you're doing, and thank you for your time, Bob. Thank you, BJ. I appreciate it. Um, that's a really interesting analogy, the Toy Story thing. Here, are the here's the innocence of toys created to you know make children happy, uh, to to put smiles on their faces so that they can enjoy and play with their toys, and the innocence of that compared to perverting them and using them for things that are that are not innocent. It is it's a very uh, interesting comparison. By the way, I saw something on the uh, internet yesterday, yesterday or Tuesday. I, I wasn't going to mention it because it seems pretty minor and you really have to hunt for it, but somebody hunted for it and found it. So since BJ just brought up Toy Story, I'll do it. One of the uh, talking uh, characters in the new Toy Story apparently is the Spork, which we've all used, right, at various places in public where it's a half spoon and half fork, right? You know, the spoon-shaped thing with the little points on the end so you can still stab or scoop your food depending on where you are. Um, which is no big deal. They got a talking knife, a talking uh, spoon. They got a talking fork, and I guess again, they have a talking spork. It's part of the Toy Stories uh, fork story, which I have not seen, by the way. But what they did is, and uh, I saw the video of this guy exposing the Toy Story um, attempt to indoctrinate children, as it was worded. And again, I'm not flying with this one as much as I w- would other ones. Um, on the foot of the spork. Apparently, it's got feet now. I don't know. I, I haven't seen the movie, if it walks or what. But apparently, it's got feet now. It's got a little rainbow flag on his foot. Or not a rainbow flag, a rainbow symbol. And the expose here is that the spork was supposed to represent transgender. It was a fork. It's transitioning into a spoon. Or it was a spoon that's transitioning into a fork. Or it's non-binary cutlery. It's just whatever, whatever it feels like being on that day. So the accusation here is that Toy Story 4 is trying to normalize the transition thing by going spoon to fork or fork to spoon. I found it funny more than anything. I wasn't going to bring it up because I think if you go digging too hard for things to be uh, you know, bothered by, you become part of the PPO. And I don't want to be a part of the PPO, the Party of Perpetual Outrage. That's their gig, their gig, not ours. Frank in Brook Park, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Frank, go ahead. Hi, thank you for taking a call. Ho, ho, ho. 
Hey, that H-H reminds me of Santa Claus. We'll be celebrating in four months. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> well, no, it's only two H's. It's 8-8. Eight, eight. It's, uh, it's not H. It's know, not 8-8. Eight, eight, eight. Ho, ho, at least. Okay. Ho, yeah, ho, there ho. you go. I thought of Hugh Hewitt when I saw two H's together. That was my thought of Hugh Hewitt, but what do I know? Okay. Frank, is anything else, buddy? Nope. Oh, okay. Th- thanks for the call. Yeah, I mean, I get your point. If uh, if your point was just to say people can make H's or letters stand for anything they want, you're obviously right. And because a few nut jobs want to make them stand for Heil Hitler, um, let them. Uh, we dismiss them as being a relevant component of society anyway. I mean, seriously. We literally dismiss them as being non-existent. What were the numbers Pete gave yesterday? I think it was Pete. The number of Klansmen um, that were, uh, you know, operational, if you will, or members of the KKK or whatever, back in the uh, 50s and 60s compared to today, the population was half then. It was around 150, 160 million. And there were, I can't remember how many hundreds of thousands of Klansmen. And today we have double the population. And I'm really paraphrasing this here. I didn't memorize Pete's numbers, but I remember the point he made. We have 325 to 340 million people, and the number of people who identify as Klansmen is like 4,000, maybe? <laughs> and it's seriously, seriously. Now, it's Klansmen. That's not neo-Nazi group or skinhead groups or whatever. There's all kinds of different stupid, idiotic hate groups. But point being, they're so small and tiny and marginalized now, you, you, you just don't pay attention to them. And we don't. And yet... NBC News contributors are expecting President Trump and his team to be paying attention to him to the tune that they or to the uh, to the point that they know what 88 stands for and it stands for HH in the alphabet which stands for for Heil Hitler which I will still say stands for Hugh Hewitt or Hugh Hefner. Uh there you go. There's another HH. I bet we could play that game for a long time and make them mean anything we want including ho ho as the caller mentioned. Jan is in uh, Greater Cleveland waiting patiently. On AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Jan, go ahead. Oh, hi. Today's the Feast of St. Dominic. That people who have their mind in the gutter, do you ever notice how almost anything can set them off with something dirty? Yes. Yes. You know, they can make, an, they can make a dirty joke out of the most innocent remark. So these people's minds are just... Uh, I don't know. They're, they're well, it's it's not just dirty either. It's they can ascribe motive to things that 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 are innocently stated anytime they want to, and then they run with it as if they've been proven factually correct. An example: Donald Trump tweets that the Squid members should go back to uh, their own countries, and of course, the clunkiness of that is only one of them is from a foreign country. But he said, "Go back there, not to stay, not just get out of our country, go back where you came from." It was go back there, fix that crappy government, the one that you wanted to escape from to come here, show us how to fix governments at that level, then come back here and tell us how to run this one. That was the essence of his, his, in, uh, of his comments. Um, if you take the full context, that's what he said. They turned it into and ascribed a different motive to the statement. Go back where you came from, period, end, that's it. You're not welcome here anymore. And since she happens to be a Muslim and an African Muslim to boot, well, now it's racism. Now it's white supremacy. Now it's get out of here because you're a person of color who's a member of that religion. At the Secretary of Homeland Security, Kevin McAleenan, screaming at him about the deplorable conditions of the border security, or I'm sorry, the uh, border detention centers. 
He see this video made the rounds wildly, screaming at him over those conditions. Donald Trump sees that and then sees video of the trash and rat-infested areas of Baltimore that are in Cummings District and goes after Cummings for it, defending the Border Patrol agents and the Homeland Security Secretary by saying, it's better down there than it is in your district. Why don't you clean up your rat-infested district? That is absolutely 100% fair for the president to say in response to this. But... Elijah Cummings has darker skin than Donald Trump does. So it turns into Donald Trump attacks black congressmen. Must be racist. And nothing to do with the context here of the conditions at the border versus the conditions in your own district. You're doing a lousy job. It just turns into a white man attacking a black guy. Therefore, it's racist. Oh, oh he used the word infestation. Baltimore is infested with rats. PBS did a documentary on rat film. It was specifically about the rat problem in Baltimore. Orkin, the pest control company, has listed Baltimore again for the last several years as one of the most highly rat-infested cities in the country. Donald Trump uses that terminology, infestation, and, oh, he's talking not about rats, but Baltimore's infested with black people. Never said it. Never hinted at it. Never, never, never danced close to it. But they make that story up. He's talking about the people, not the rats. He's criticizing Cummings because he's black, not because he's in charge of a failing, horrific, crime-ridden, poverty-ridden, blighted, rat-infested district. They ascribe motives to things that aren't there, just so that they can be outraged. Hence the term I, I coined three or four years ago on this show, PPO, hashtag PPO, the party of perpetual outrage. There's nothing about those comments to be outraged over, but they invent it. Sorry about getting off on a tangent there, but the stuff does link very closely together, and sometimes you've got to just put the pieces together. Uh, 10.53, final time out and final segment coming up right here on The Answer. Bob France, here on... All right, 1057, the Bob France Authority, continuing and wrapping on AM fourteen twenty. I promise you some uh, some buffoonery by way of playing some of the audio from that Democratic Socialist of America conference that uh, Dr. Piper and I uh, talked about. It's about three and a half minutes long. I don't have time for it today. Tomorrow's a free-for-all Friday, though, so let's make sure. Make it a point. Call me tomorrow and say, Bob, give that to us. I, I want you to hear some of the insanity that came from... Um, uh, that uh, Democratic Socialist uh, Conference. It, it is really, it truly is buffoonery. And since I don't have time for that buffoonery, I can give you the buffoonery of Joe and Bratnall. Joe, you're on the air. Go right ahead. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm a, uh, Frank Pugluzzi is a 25-year uh, FBI agent and a counterintelligence expert. And what he was saying is Donald Trump, who has been making these statements, Donald what Trump statements? was what probably statements? not smart enough Joe, what statements? Know Joe, 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 Joe. What statements? He said Donald Trump has been making, quote, these statements. What statements? I'm talking about, he said, he talks about all Mexicans are rapists and murderers and Joe, 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 Joe. I can't let you just come on to the program and lie. Joe, 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 Joe. I can't, I can't let you just come on to the air and lie. Never did Donald Trump say, Joe, Joe, Joe. 
if you I, want, I don't if, dare call me a liar, Joe. You, you are a liar, Joe. You are a liar, Joe. You are a liar, Joe. Joe, you are a liar, and it's okay, but just don't deny it. President Trump never want our Joe, 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 Joe. Okay, that's how Joe wants to play. Then you know you you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. You just declared that Donald Trump said all Mexicans are rapists and murderers. You're a liar. He never said that. Never once did he utter those words. What he did say is that Mexico is not sending us their best. They're sending us drug runners, rapists, and murderers. That means there are some of those included with the massive population that is coming over. Never once did he use the word all before Mexicans are rapists and murderers ever. You're a liar, but you're a lefty. It's kind of expected. Uh, do us a favor. Don't call the show anymore. There's other places for you to be. Uh, Mike Gallagher's next right here. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.